right now. We're now going to hear from um, part or one half of the dynamic duo that are the senior pastors of our church, and um, and we're going to hear from Pastor Dan. Been looking forward to this, yeah. Yeah, because we've been talking about a spirit of hospitality, so she's going to share on this because we want to make sure, hey, when people walk in the door of our church, it's not just a friendly smile and we're just friendly. We also want to be inclusive and including people into our world. Pastor Dan's going to share on this, but who loves Pastor Dan, right? You know what? I, I love the fact that actually Pastor Dan is the embodiment of this, and uh, I know she's, she's opened her, her home up to us, and I know for me, and I know so many people in this room, our lives wouldn't be the same if uh, Pastor Dan hadn't opened up her world, hadn't opened up her life, hadn't followed the call of God, and done, done what God's called her to do. Why don't we stand up? Why don't we welcome Pastor Dan? Let's honour her as she comes to the stage to share with us. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Uh, love seeing you here on this Saturday morning. Here you are out. I'm sure you had some other things um, possibly planned on your January Saturday, but uh, you set this time aside to come in and hang out with us, which uh, we're really very grateful for, and it's very encouraging to see so many people here. I love that we can come um, together and have fun, which is just, you know, it's... Uh, we can switch from fun to a God zone and anointing, like just like that. And so we can be playing a game and get all competitive and, and then just hear something that God's just drops into our spirit. And we can just do that all in the one day. So um, we're having fun. We're playing, uh, singing karaoke at lunchtime. Guys, I hope that you've signed up some people in your table. I know we have. We're going ABBA. Okay, of course, we're going, Abba. If you want to join us, you're more than welcome because we get five extra points for every person. I'm pretty sure that's the way it goes, isn't it? Uh, you know, parties are fun. For my 30th birthday, uh, we had an Abba party. And John and I, we dressed head to toe in white. Uh, we both wore wigs, blonde wigs. He was, um, he were, I was Agnetha, I think, and he was um, Bjorn or, you know, whatever. And we did karaoke that night. Who knows? Parties are good. Parties are fun. And they don't have to involve excess alcohol. Ah, yeah. I don't know if that's a revelation for you today. Maybe it is for some. At lunchtime, you don't need to go and just knock back a couple to feel comfortable and uninhibited. You can actually have fun, right, in church, in your home, without alcohol or just a, a moderate amount of alcohol. So uh, that's just, you know, launching straight into the spirit of hospitality, which I'm going to be speaking on today, because uh, we're a hospitable people. We're a hospitable church. We're a reflection of God and his love for people to be kind and to be generous and to be welcoming and and to build friendships, and it's really important to God. So we're going to be talking about that today. We've got a real history in our church of hospitality, of food being important, of making people feel a million bucks uh, because we, you know, present them with great food or just that hospitable, loving spirit. Uh, we've had seasons of sacred hospitality, which it actually is, something very sacred about hospitality uh, in the church, in the kingdom of God. Uh, we've had loaded pop-ins. I don't know if you've been around that long that we've actually uh, had a season called loaded pop-ins where you'd like just pop in on someone but you'd always take something. It was like just this beautiful spirit within us. There is 200 people here today, which I'm very encouraged about. And we as a leadership team, we're like, 200 people, come on. That means you guys, you're all in. You want to grow. You want to learn. 
That also means there's 900 people, 1,000 people in our church that aren't here today. And they're not hearing these messages. They're not, maybe necessarily some couldn't come, but they don't necessarily have that all in or do whatever, jump on that leadership pipeline. And that's all good. And we're cool with that because we're always going to have that community of people that are just coming in, that are not sure if they're just going out or whatever, that we're embracing and bringing in. And as we embrace this spirit of hospitality, it's going to flow over them and into them. Not to mention the hundreds of thousands of people on the Sunshine Coast who aren't in our church or in church yet that need to experience that love of a father through us as we can go out. So we're talking about the spirit of hospitality and maybe you're in a position to do that right now. Maybe you're not, you're young, but this is for the future. But I'm speaking for all of us here today. I want to just give a biblical basis for hospitality, the culture of hospitality, what it looked like in the Bible, what it looked like for Jesus. The first scripture is in 1 Timothy 3 verse 2. It's talking about a church leader, okay, and what they look like. So we're here today and maybe you go, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader, or I'm on the pipeline, I'm, you know, acting in that. Maybe I just came because you said you don't have to be a leader to come today, but you do have influence. You lead your life, you lead your family, your home, people in your vicinity. So let's just say we're church leaders. Must be a man whose life is above reproach, faithful, exercise self-control. Okay, as a spiritual shepherd... He's known for his hospitality. Okay, that's different than what my NLT says, but that's okay. Uh, My one says he must enjoy having guests in his home. Is that it, right? And he must be able to teach. Sorry. As, As a spiritual shepherd, he is known for his hospitality. Sorry, that's a different version. So having guests in your home, are you known for your hospitality? We're leading by example here. I want our church to be known for our hospitality. And maybe you think, yeah, that's the woman's job. Who's this speaking to? Church leaders, men and women, but it's not exclusive to just the women, okay? It's talking about all of us. Our men and our women must be known for hospitality, must enjoy having guests in our home. We're leading by example, having guests in his home when you're a leader. It affects every area of your life in in good ways. I know every house that we've ever chosen, we're thinking, how's this going to work out for hospitality? You know, when Dan and Ed moved to Melbourne, they're looking, what is a house that we can rent that's going to work for us in our hospitality, in our Sunday services until we move into a venue? It just changes your whole mindset because I want to have guests in my home. And maybe you think, I don't even have have a home. We're going to address that today. Okay. You can be a hospitable person if you don't have a home, but maybe you're on your way to getting a home that's working for you. Okay, 1 Peter 4 verse 9, it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay, so this is just a biblical basis. A A culture of hospitality is about servanthood. It's about serving others. It's about loving others. It's about willingness. God, I want to be that person who has a hospitable heart who is known for his hospitality. Psalm 23, it talks about, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. God's talking about having a feast, even when an enemy's knocking at the door. Sometimes you feel like you're in a fight and you're just like, how can I even celebrate? How can I have a feast? God's talking about, he prepares a table for his people, even in the presence of his enemy. How much did Jesus do around food? 
His first miracle was around turning water into wine. He fed the 5,000. He ate in home after home after home, in the homes of sinners, people coming in often. He ate with Mary and Martha. Matthew 11, verse 19, it says, The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and he gets knocked by that, but wisdom is shown to be right by its results. The Last Supper, all about food, sitting at a table with the disciples. There's so many things that can happen in our lives that we think that stops me from being hospitable. I don't have time. I don't have the money. I don't have the skills or the giftings or the abilities. I don't have a home. And we're going to address those reasons today and help you see beyond some of those excuses that just go, nah, it's not going to work for me. We're going to look into that today. But first of all, let me talk about the benefits of hospitality. Why do we focus so much on hospitality? We're talking about the spirit of hospitality and what that does in us and what that does for other people. First of all, the connections and the friendships that it builds as you gather together with people. Here on a Sunday, you can have that little, hi, how you doing? How was your week? Great. You can't really get much beyond that, not into a good conversation. In our small groups, we can, and that's hospitality, whether it's in a home or out in a cafe. But you can start, people can see what you really like in your home. They can see your home. They can see your photos. They can see your family values, maybe, or just what's going on. You can have that connection time, that relationship relationship building. Acts 2 verse 42, and this is when uh, the, the church was just beginning. And in my Bible, it says the believers form a community. This is how what sets up this scripture. Verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. These are the foundation of the church. And for us, to sharing in meals, there's something incredible about the relationships that form, that community that is formed over meals. Secondly, it's inclusion. Inclusion this year is about us as the spirit of hospitality being inclusive of people. There's a kindness in inclusion. There's a reaching out. Hebrews 13 verse 2. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. You don't even know who you're inviting into your home, to being hospitable, to sharing that spirit, that culture of hospitality, of generosity, of friendship, of love. You don't know who you're entertaining. And there's people that you haven't even thought of, or maybe there's ones that you're like, I know I need to invite them over. I just haven't got around to it yet. They're the ones God is putting on your heart to impact, to influence, to just share love. It doesn't always, it's not always convenient. And Brent was talking this morning so brilliantly. Thank you for bringing that boom. It's just like, come on, you inspire us when we hear you. We're going to hear from Annie this afternoon. It's like these guys are surging ahead in New Zealand. They're the right-hand uh, couple for John and Gillian. 10,000 people across the country in like less than 20 years. We want to learn from them and hear what's, what they're doing, how they're doing it, catching that spirit of just surrender, laying stuff down. Um, But the inclusion, what was I even saying? (laughs) It it might be inconvenient. I don't know how that led on to Brent and Annie. It's no, not at all. Like we're we're so grateful that you've come. It's more inconvenient for them to come to us at the moment. Uh, But being inclusive. So there can be stuff going on in your life 
But if you're listening to that inner voice of God, inviting that neighbor over, when was the last time you invited your unsaved friend into your home? I know we did this last year. We're like on a goal list. We're going to invite neighbors over. We're going to have unchurched people. You know, the, we set it up a couple of weeks beforehand. The week that it happened, it was so inconvenient. We were so stretched. We were so um, exhausted. We were sick. We're just like, no, we're not going to cancel this. We know that this is significant. We're going to do it anyway. And it works out. It's going to be okay. Uh, God can just give you strength, and that's the growth that can come from you doing it. Um, The friendships, people bringing people into your home. Benefits for your family. This is a benefit of inclusion. As you're bringing people into your home, you can set up good um, good friendships for your children. You can set up good connections. I know throughout the decades that we've had people in our home, we're inviting influential leaders that we know can speak into our kids' lives where we can't. We're actually setting up friendships for them of other kids in the church that we need them to connect to rather than the not great friendships they're forming at school or elsewhere. We're trying to set that up and it's very beneficial for our our children, youth leaders, young adults, influencers that we're inviting into our home. And there's a real benefit from that. Also, they learn how to serve at the same time because we're like giving them jobs everywhere. We had a small group in our home for many years. And as the kids were growing up, you know, they'd go out into the driveway and be car park attendants. They all felt like they needed a job, like they would serve at church. There's someone on hospitality and taking the tea and coffee orders. There was someone on hosts and welcoming people into the house and showing them where to go and they're just learning loads of stuff just by us being hospitable. So there's a benefit for your family as well. Another benefit is revelation. Revelation comes in those moments. You know, Jesus, when he sat down with his disciples after he was resurrected in Luke 24, verse 30, it says, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread, okay, food, he blessed it, he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. There was something powerful that happened in that moment of hospitality that was revelation to them. And you can have conversations over a meal that, as I say, you're not going to have here on a Sunday over just a short coffee, but there's something that softens people's heart and just lets the walls come down, the barriers, hearing things about them that you've never heard before. You being able to share things that's just like, God using you to speak to them. So revelation happens. Um, we've had many uh, step-up conversations in our home. I know uh, there'd be different ones on our leadership team that would say, um, you know, did you have a taco dinner or a, or a Thai dinner? Because that's dependent on whether you had a step-up conversation. Jeremy and Lisa, uh, remember this? I think it was Thai. It was Ty and we asked him to come on staff and be a pastor and it was just sort of like, you know, there was a joke amongst our, uh, our leadership team of what's it going to be at the Piers household depending on what meal that you have. But you can have step-up conversations with people to be your assistant in a small group over hospitality. There's a key for you. Hey, this can work not just in church life. This can work in your business. If you're a business leader, if you're in a position of influence, hey, invite people into your home or be hospitable towards them. You can build that friendship, that relationship, get to see people in a different environment. They understand you better, you understand them better, and it can really help you. As I mentioned, you grow, your capacity enlarges, you grow spiritually. Hey, sometimes you have to pray into things going well because things seem to flare up because it's quite significant, us developing this culture of hospitality. Stuff happens and you, you just get better as a hospitable person, you develop your skills. 
You know, we have a very full life, but we make a choice that hospitality is important to us. We want to entertain in our home. It's important to us because it's important to God. He makes it important. So maybe you've got no time. Maybe you've got no, not enough money. Maybe you've got no energy. Maybe you don't have the skills. I want to help you today. How can we do this when it's not ideal? Okay, so first of all, no money. Uh, we haven't, we haven't, we've had times where we're just like, I can't even afford barely to feed my family, let alone other people. How am I going to do this? I just, you know, I want to give the best. I want to be generous. And that's that tension because, ah, oh, I want to be a generous person. But I just, you know, I'm trying to work the budget, make the um, grocery money stretch this week. Hey, working how to do it on a budget, working how to, uh, you have to eat anyway, okay? Potluck works wonders. They have to eat anyway. They bring a dish. You have a dish. You're going to do, have the same amount of output that you would anyway. So potluck can be really great of just like bring a, a dish for us all to share and then you have loads of uh, different options. It saves time and money, okay? Uh, you don't have to get together over a meal necessarily. It can be a dessert. It can be like cheese um, at 8 o'clock or just a little dessert thing and you're just like inviting people into your home but it's not a massive amount of outlay for you. Different things that we done invite people over for afternoon tea. Again, it's not like a whole meal that you're putting out and that can help you. So I'm going to be a little practical here this morning just to help us out of things that you can do to pull down those excuses, those reasons, um, or just those mindsets in our mind that stop us from doing. Maybe we hear this and we go, yeah, I want to be a hospitable person. Yeah, I want to reflect Jesus. Yeah, I want all those benefits that you've talked about. So just going to talk really practically, really simply about how you can make this work in your life and in your family or in your world. How's that? Going to help you today. Going to help you today. Hey, here's another one. We've, we've organized things. And again, um, it's not always have to be in your home. That's great. And that's ideal. Sometimes we're like, we don't have the time or the energy to clean up our home. Okay. It's a mess and we've got little kids. So let's meet down at the beach and have dinner, have an early dinner with other families. We'll take the meat. Hey, if you guys can bring a salad, you guys can bring some breads, you guys bring drinks, you bring dessert, whatever it is, again, that's going to help you money-wise because you're not like, oh my gosh, now I have to feed 20 people and all the kids and all the rest of it. You're just like, most people, they say, what can I bring? Okay. And there's a little tip for you. If you get invited to someone's house, what can I bring? All right. <laughs> or if you get out, uh, asked out, um, and that's, that, that can help you. So, um, Simple things, all right. Uh, we used to invite people back for our house for lunch on a Sunday after church. You know, obviously we've you know we've had a big morning. We've given it out a lot. What are we going to you know go home and cook a big meal? No, we did something super simple. And you know whether it was just cold meats on bread, whether it was hot dogs, like just a real simple cheat sort of meal. People don't actually really care that much about what they're eating. As long as you're together, you've got that spirit of love and just, you know, the feeling in your home, the less stress, the better. So if you're just trying to keep it simple, we'll just get home, just pop something, you know, in the barbecue chicken, uh, simple, easy and relatively um, low cost as well. So be creative. At the same time, pray and ask God that he would bless your finances so that you can use it for a good cause, all right, and be a blessing. That's the spirit of hospitality. So you don't have time. For us, we've learned how to work harder, uh, smarter, not harder. 
All right, so it's like, all right, looking for gaps or windows in our life, in our calendar. And yes, this does require a little bit of planning, all right, a little bit of forward thinking because, you know, often we'll get to a night and we're just like, we're so exhausted, we don't have the energy to actually, you know, host. Uh, but if we've pre-planned it and it's, it's there, we're going to be able to, you know, pull ourselves up for it. And so we'll look at a calendar beforehand, I will, and uh, show my husband, this is how it works for us, and find uh, gaps or windows. And often it's a combo with something that's already happening. So for example, you come into church on a Sunday morning, then you have a, a lunch after it. Well, you're already sort of reserved that time out and about and going to be doing something. So adding another hour or two to that, it's, or, or during the week, if you've got a small group, invite someone over for dinner beforehand. So it's like a, not another whole night out, but it's just a combo thing. So these combo things really work for us. Um, Sunday dinner, we're coming to church, invite a couple of people. Again, it's not another night out in the week. You know how sometimes you can sort of go, I've got no night's out left, it's all chockers, it's so busy, there's no time left. Well, you can look and work it out as to how things can fit. So it's going to be different for you than it is for me, but a little bit of pre-planning can work in with that. We used to... um, we went for a season and we were just like, okay, Tuesday nights is a window for us. This is a gap. It was just something that we talked about. How are we going to have more people over? Okay, Tuesday nights is going to be young adult dinner. And we're going to invite a couple of extra young adults because our kids were sort of in those teenage years. Again, we wanted the influencers to coming in. It was fun for us and it was good connection. So it was a multi-pronged approach. So we made a deal that, okay, we're going to invite some young adults from six o'clock to eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. We knew after that we're going to start to fade and not have much left. So we're like, we told them, all right, it's just from six o'clock to eight o'clock. You'll have to leave after that. It feels a little bit rude, but they understood. They're just like, okay, we'll hang for a couple of hours. That's all good. We're going to eat dinner anyway. Just eat together, maybe have a little game afterwards. And that's not an extra night out, if you know what I mean. It was just like, it really worked for us. And so killed a couple of birds with one stone. I don't know. Uh, So um, no time, buy takeaway. Just like buy takeaway. If you don't have like a money issue as such, but it's more the the time thing. So I talked about the Thai takeaways, um, the roast chicken and the veggies, which you can buy like ready-made. There's so many meals that you can buy these days that are just literally ready-made. Tacos, just super simple, nothing fancy. Um, Take the pressure off yourself. All right, because you can have this extreme ideal that it's just going to be perfect. You're going to put on the big dinner party. You're going to do the five-course meal, and you just want to give of your all, and then you're wrecked, and you're like, I never want to do that again. Okay, that's, that's not what we're going for. So there's the ideal, and then there's the reality. So receive all offers of help. Um, uh, a, a phrase that I heard years ago, I think it was Mark Kelsey, one of the leaders in C3, says, do what you do and add one or two. So it's like, okay, well, we, we have to eat every day anyway, right? We're going to be eating. Sunday lunch, we're going to be eating. Sunday night, we're going to be eating. Every night during the week, brekkies might even work for you. So when we look, what's gaps, what's windows? Maybe it's a Saturday morning brekkie. For John, I know 
you know, early mornings work for him. So he'll do hospitality or have brekkie out with people in the mornings because that works for him. So it's just finding out these little gaps, these little windows that are going to work for you and um, making your intention a reality by planning in advance, all right? So um, I don't know if you live spontaneous. Uh, does anyone? Oh, yeah, not as much. Not as much. And spontaneity is good. I'm not saying don't do spontaneity, but often if you leave it up to that, it doesn't necessarily happen. So planning in advance and giving people notice is really good as well. Um, it, it never seems to be perfect timing, different seasons, stuff on. Um, you know, we always think, like, if I had loads of money, if I had loads of time, if I just had the skills, I'd be able to do it. But it's, it's just like doing it anyway, just having a go, um, just working out your rhythms, what works for you, um, and looking at that. So for me personally, I'd look at the month ahead and just go, okay, February, where's the gaps? Oh, we're traveling here, we're traveling there, but where's a little gap that we could have someone over here or do something there or go out here or there, or whatever. Uh, so understand yourselves, understand uh, what's a stretch, okay, because we're all in that growth and we want to grow, but what's insanity, okay, because sometimes you can overcommit or you can overcommit your partner and uh, then they are like tip into insanity because you've overcommitted for them. So I'm just saying as a couple, be in it together, all right, you need to be in agreement, uh, you just need that little bit of a nudge sometimes. When I'm talking about inclusive hospitality, let me just go back to that. Some of us are inclusive people by nature. We're born like that. We just want all these different people, love meeting new people. We're a bit extroverted and it's just like, I want to invite these people I just met this morning. Other people, they're more exclusive and they're like, oh, I want to, you know, have the same people over all the time. I want to have really good conversations with different ones, you know, just continually. And so often God puts that inclusive and exclusive person together as a couple to stretch the both of you and for you to grow and realize uh, that there are different ways of doing things and how to manage that is a good conversation together ongoing, uh, not just a one-off, uh, but, the, uh, but learning how to be inclusive because really um, we need to do that. You know, we're not just here for us as a church. We're here for so many more people. As I said, thousand people not in this room. We need to be inclusive of so many and new people are coming all the time and ones that aren't even uh, God followers at the moment to bring them into our world. That's the exclusive nature of the spirit of hospitality. So have those conversations, be in it together and be creative in working out how you can do it, fit it into your life, um, doing things tired because you might not have have the energy, uh, but as you know, when people rock up and we're just like, oh man, if we had have thought tonight, let's have people over. Maybe we organised it three weeks ago. We get home from today and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. If I had have had a choice, I would cancel it. But we don't. Then by ten o'clock, we're invigorated. We're just like so glad that we did that. It was awesome. I'm glad we pushed through. It actually really grows us. So that's addressing no time, no money. How about the no natural ability? Are you a born uh, hospitable person or is it learned? <laughs> Good question. Some people seem to just be, have the flow, but is that because it's been modelled to them by their family? Like for me, my mum modelled hospitality to me, in, inclusive hospitality and how to put on a great meal. And so I don't know if that was in me because I was genetic, right, nature or nurture, who knows, doesn't actually matter, all right? Uh, because you might have the gift of hospitality, 
or you can learn it. Same as the gift of leadership. And the Bible talks about some people have the gift of faith, the gift of giving. Are they the only people that have to give? Are they the only people that need to go to faith? No, we all are called to give. We all are called to go to faith, be faith-filled people. And I would say we all are called to be hospitable people. So if you don't naturally have it, you can learn it. And you're not going to learn it uh, by not doing it and hoping that just all of a sudden by watching lots of YouTube and looking at a lot of Pinterest, you're suddenly going to have the knack for it. No, you're going to have a few fails. You're going to have a few things go wrong. You're going to have a few messes. You're going to have a few stressed out but the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? I know um, back in the day when I was first in this church and we were having a young adults Christmas party, when I say young adults, it was like 10 people, it was huge, but I was um, the one, I didn't have a home, and so I was, uh, I offered to go and set up for the Christmas party, so it's December on the Sunshine Coast, it's very hot, I go to the person's home in the middle of the day, set up the tree, the decorations, I had these candy canes, I took them all out of the wrappers and hung them on the tree, set up all the food, whatever, and then left the house, locked it all up and went home only to come back at, you know, six o'clock later on. When they'd arrived home, it was like the boys' um, pad, bachelor pad at the time, not, not John's, but you were there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, only to discover all the candy canes had melted over the carpet in the lounge room because it was so hot and so humid. And here I was trying to be a delightful help as a hospitality person, and I just ruined their rental carpet. So very sorry, going to have to have a few of those things where you're doing it imperfect, okay? But you've got to have a go. Do it imperfect, Keep it simple. Learn how to be hospitable. We've got some beautiful people in our church, Marita and Russell. Hospitable from the start. I don't know how many people in this room would say, yes, we've been to Russell and Marita's home on our first uh, you know, visit to church. Or I remember in the early days when we were first, um, well, we were in the church, but Russell and Marita came, start being hospitable. Invite people into their homes. Blessing people. And, then, and people would say, I love this church. I remember going to Russell and Marita's in those early days. They were the ones that included me. And so there's this spirit of inclusion that comes from hospitality and from uh, just loving people and being generous in that. You can learn how to be hospitable. Uh, How easy really is doing a roast? It's actually not that hard. Literally, you buy the lamb roast, you stick it in the oven, a couple of hours, it's done, you carve it up, serve it. I'm telling you, you sometimes we have this, you know, it's, it's so hard, everything's so difficult, I could never do that. Barbecue chickens, there's actually a video on YouTube of how to carve up a barbecue chicken nicely. If you don't know how, um, go and watch that and do it and present it beautifully and wow, there you go, beautiful hospitality, hasn't cost you a lot and it hasn't taken much time. Am I helping anybody this morning? I mean, come on. (laughs) Uh, This spirit of hospitality is what needs to get into us. It's what's in our heart. It's what's in our spirit. It's what in that, God, I want to help you. I want to serve your people. I want to be that heart. And I want to have that desire to bless people. All right, so that when when that becomes the the focus, that perfection thing, it, it goes down a few notches because I just want to bless them. So if I'm stressed and running around and trying to create the perfect lunch, dinner, morning tea, supper, whatever, people are going to feel that. But if you just, I just want to bless them, come in and be, you just get better at doing that. 
We can try to be, uh, we can end up being reluctant to try something new because we won't nail it the first time. We can be reluctant to try because we want that perfection thing. We want to be able to nail it. We want to be able to do it right the first time. If you're not a pro, that's okay. Have a go. How about that? Hey, even rhymes. You're not a pro, have a go. Come on. You won't nail it the first time. You won't even nail it every time. That's okay. All right, so no time, no energy. We've addressed no natural ability. How about you don't have a home? You don't actually have a home. There's lots of young adults here. Maybe you're living uh, in your parents' home. Maybe you're living, uh, I don't know where else, that you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> in your car. Okay, you're living in your car. Hey? You're boarding with another family, right? Uh, so how can that work? So you can actually develop a spirit of hospitality and organize uh, things where you're going out. Okay, Jesus didn't have a home, not to bring people back to. It was his parents, I can imagine. But he put on a picnic for 5,000 people, all right? And he fed them all and they loved it and they went away raving. So you can actually be hospitable and have that generous heart because you're just gathering people together. So don't give me the excuse that I don't have a home, I can't be hospitable, I can never actually develop those skills or have that heart, that spirit of hospitality within me. You can actually initiate things. You can say, hey guys, we're going out. I have organised a lunch. I'm inviting everybody, anyone, whatever. And I'm going to get there first. I'm going to make sure we've got a booking. I'm going to make sure the orders are good. This is part of hospitality rather than just go, okay, you know, we're going out. See you there. No, I'm just saying like you get amongst it. You go out. You be the leader. You be the initiator. People are going to feel like, oh, that was, I'm so glad you invited me to that because it was just felt so good. There was like a good vibe there. I felt peace because someone was in control. You're just like stepping into that and you actually develop, um, how to be a host, how to be a person that can lead. Uh, I'm organising a picnic in the park this afternoon, five o'clock. You're going to take the chairs. You're going to organise someone else to bring the picnic rugs, the little plastic cups of the drinks, whatever, because you're you're thinking it through. You're planning a little bit out there and you want to make it work because you want to bless people. Okay, so even if you don't have a home and maybe that's on your prayer list, on your goals list this year, I want a home so I can be more hospitable and bring people into my home. You learn how to think like a host. Okay, so there's a couple of things for those people who um, don't have that physical space, but you're the driver, you're the organiser. Last thing, I just want to, you know, say, I started this morning just saying, you know, we can be in this place this morning and we can play our trivia games and we can play our bingo and we can have fun. Do something that you really enjoy. It brings out the best in you. For us, We love having people over because we make it fun. We put on funky music. We always have a game. We almost never have people over and not have a game. For us, a little bit of competition, all right? I think you know that about us by now. Uh, If we can have a competition, if we can have a table tennis competition, if we can have a cards game, if we can have a board game, that is something that we really enjoy. So do something that you enjoy. Like, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a a karaoke thing. Maybe it's someone pulling out their guitar, you know, talking Bible, study, whatever floats your boat. But make sure that it's fun for you. If it's fun for you, then it's going to be fun. Create that fun vibe for the people around you. And again, we can have that safe fun. We can have that wholesome fun. All right. You figure it out for you. 
The more you do hospitality, the better that you become at it, all right? My aim today is to stir you, to make you feel like this is not impossible for me. This is actually doable. Maybe I need to, to, you know, remove a few mindsets that I have. To grow, you have to step up. You have to step into doing something. Maybe you used to do it, but you need a little bit of a stir today. I'm here to bring that to you, to stir you in that spirit of hospitality, to bring that into our church. I want to see these hashtag spirit of hospitality over C3 Powerhouse this year. I want to see all those posts on social media of you just like inclusive, bringing people into it, just stepping in, whether you have time, whether you have money at home, whether you have a natural ability, you can do it. I believe in you. You're going to step out. You're going a step um, into it. And I want you to make a choice today. I'm all in. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Going to hand back to Jeremy. Hey, thank you, Pastor Dan. Let's give Pastor Dan a hand. Incredible. And hey, guys, let, let's get on this. Obviously, our, our leaders are saying, hey, this is something that we want to carry as a church. Let's not just hear that message and be like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. So inspiring. No, let's actually go and do it and, and, and carry that spirit. What Pastor Dan is saying, the spirit of hospitality is counter to the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world wants to disconnect and isolate, but we don't do that here, do we? No, we have a spirit of hospitality. We include people in our world. We open our lives up to include others. That is incredible, Pastor Dan. So good. 